Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. If you're in the Midwest, hopefully you're staying warm. If you're somewhere south, then I'm jealous of you. And maybe some of you are headed to Nashville, a little bit further south at least. And hopefully by, by next week, things will be warmed up over there a bit. But I have a quick episode today to talk about some miscellaneous things. First off, I want to talk a little bit of basketball. That one really frustrates me, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time on basketball today. do want to address the Caden Proctor situation briefly and then talk about some of the good that's come from the 2023 signing class for the Hawkeyes on the offensive side of the ball where they really, really need some help. And you know, still a pretty good class even without Proctor. It seems like the portal needs to stay open for the Hawkeyes with some needs still re- remaining for next season. Well, basketball, what can you say about that other than just flush it and move on? And, and I just hope this isn't a signal how this season is going to go. It was a doubleheader on Wednesday. The women got a nice, almost a 40-point win Wednesday against Dartmouth. But Fran's team just wasn't ready to play that day. They started off okay, but just they didn't seem to have the leadership that they, they needed on the court, you know, missing Chris Murray. Connor McCaffrey. They just didn't show up. And they lost to Eastern Illinois, a three and nine Eastern Illinois team. Ninety-two to eighty-three. And I just want to mention some amazing things about this game. It wasn't on TV, so I'm glad I didn't have to to watch it. But the Hawkeyes were up eighteen to four with a little bit under fourteen minutes left in that first half, and then they were outscored eighty-eight to 65 the rest of the way. And, you know, I mentioned Chris Murray. He's still out with a leg injury. Connor McCaffrey, this is the first game he's missed. He was out. And you look at two of the probably biggest leaders on this team. Connor in his sixth year, he does so many things well for the Hawkeyes. He gets them in their sets. He's starting to score a lot more. He assists. He rebounds. He plays defense. He can play a variety of of positions. But even without those two, this was just a almost an unforgivable performance. I, I don't know if that's kind of a harsh thing to say, but just it was a very forgettable performance. Let me put it that way, I guess. The Hawkeyes were favored by 31 and a half points, and no team in the last 30 years has ever lost when favored by 30 or more points. It was probably the biggest upset in NCAA history. That includes some of the big upsets. You know, luckily nobody was watching it. It wasn't on ESPN. It wasn't. It was only on Big Ten Plus. So there's probably you know a hundred people watching the game. You know, but we've seen some of those big upsets. The NCAA tournament where you know 16 finally beat a one, 15 beating two seeds. Those are typically 20, 21 point favorites that are losing. The Hawkeyes were favored by 31 and a half. No, no other team has done this, at least in the last 30 years. Ken Palm, you know, a lot of people use him for statistics uh, uh, and rankings for basketball. They use Ken Palm, and they had Eastern Illinois ranked 356th in the country out of 363 teams. So Iowa lost to one of the worst teams in America, a team that is one of the bottom 10 out of 363 total teams. Just amazing. Ken Palm had Iowa winning this game by 32 points. And, you know, they they lost by nine 
it, it's it's just an unbelievable thing to to be favored by by 31 and a half, 32 and, and and you lose by 9. Part that gets me the most about this is lack of effort, being out-rebounded, not playing any defense at all. I mean, Eastern Illinois had 11 dunks, 12 layups. They shot 72% in the second half. Eastern Illinois was ranked 354th in the nation in offensive efficiency, yet the Hawkeyes just couldn't stop them. They made 30 of 45 two-point shots in the game. That's 67%. The Hawkeyes shot 7 of 33 from three-point range, a dismal 21%. But if they played some defense, they still could have won this game. And when shots aren't falling from deep, they need to find ways to get easy buckets and instead of just continuing to throw up bricks from long range. Philip Robracha, he did a really nice job. 24 points, 8 rebounds. He's just been solid this year. He has been really good. Uh, he hustles, uh, he plays hard, and, and he scores down low. Patrick McCaffrey, he did hit the board, so hand that to him. Um, he had 13 rebounds. He just couldn't buy a bucket. He was 0 of 7 from 3. 3 of 15 overall. Peyton Sanford, 5 of 14 shooting, just 3 of 10 from 3. He hit one late when the game was over. He was 2 of 9 up until that point. But Aaron Euless, 2 of 10 shooting, 0 of 7 from 3. So those three guys, Peyton, Patrick, and Aaron Euless, were 3 of 24 from long range in this game. Bowen came off the bench. He was a bright spot. He only played about 13 minutes. Maybe time to start giving him some more minutes. He was 2 of 3 from 3-point land. Historic win by Eastern Illinois. Historic for that program. Just unbelievable. Historic loss by the Hawkeyes. They fall to 8-4. and four. The Hawkeyes were 21, ranked in Ken Palm, and lost to the 356th ranked team. Dropped to number 38 in Ken Palm. It's a loss that's so bad, it's going to hurt the Hawkeyes if they're trying for an at-large NCAA tournament bid. You know, a huge hit to the seeding when looking for an at-large bid, but you know, they, they're just going to have to win a lot of Big Ten games in order to make the NCAA tournament. Of course, they could win the Big Ten tournament, but you can't count on that. Just really disappointing and, and shocking, almost unbelievable loss. And, you know, again, just the lack of effort, the inability to make open shots. It's really dumbfounding at this point in the season uh, you know, these guys are, are wide open and just cannot make threes. And I, I don't know what's wrong there. Hopefully they're going to get that fixed, but it's getting kind of late in the season for that. Well, hopefully Connor will be back for the next game. It's on the 29th at Nebraska. Then they play on January 1st at Penn State. The Hawkeyes need some wins, so they better figure things out in a hurry. You know, to lose those two, they would be digging such a hole. That would be 0-3 in the conference. So hopefully the Hawkeyes get one of those two road games, if not both, um, or, or things are going to be looking bad. So enough about basketball. Let's go from one bad situation to another real quickly with, with Caden Proctor, the five-star offensive tackle, flipping his commitment from Iowa to Alabama just a few days before signing day. This has happened before. Iowa had a running back flip to Michigan on signing day several years ago. The Hawkeyes flip some guys, typically from smaller schools like Ball State, Kent State. Um, but I have a few thoughts about Proctor flipping. First off, I think it's unfortunate because the Hawkeyes had him penciled in at starting tackle next year. He committed, and they thought he was going to be there. And now they have to go to the portal to try to find an offensive line player who can step right in and play tackle. 
And I would actually like to see a couple of offensive line players in the portal, but this really left the Hawkeyes high and dry, missing that first round of transfer portal players that they could have been going after to play right tackle. And, you know, those players have all signed, at least the, the good ones, and the Hawkeyes thought they had their guy. So now they have to hope that another player or two hits the portal maybe after the bowl games that would fit in the Hawkeye system and inevitably want to become a Hawkeye. So kind of puts the Hawkeyes in a tough situation. But this kind of stuff is going to happen more and more with really no rules around NIL. We thought NIL was going to be you know, players getting paid for doing things for businesses, making appearances, advertising, etc., and that's really what it is, I think, for the Hawkeyes. For some other schools, it's turned into a pay-for-play situation where players are offered offered sometimes really large sums of money to sign with a school. So they haven't played a down at that school, but they'll get offered a million dollars plus if they're a really good player or prospect. And teams with resources like Alabama are oftentimes going to win out because of that. And Proctor, Proctor, I didn't like what he stated uh, that he's going to Alabama because he wants to be challenged. Um, I get it. There's more four-star, five-star players at Alabama. But how did he just suddenly figure that out? I mean, he's been committed to the Hawkeyes for months. He knows what the makeup of those teams are. And the Hawkeyes have one of the best defenses in the nation year in, year out. And you can't tell me you're not going to be challenged in practice going up against guys like Deontay Craig, Lucas Van Ness, Logan Lee, YA Black. The Hawkeyes' defensive line is really good year in and year out, and they sent a ton of guys to the NFL. So you talk about iron sharpening iron. He would have gotten that at Iowa. He's going to get that at Alabama too. I just don't like him, kind of what he was insinuating there. Hopefully Joe Evans will be back in Hawkeye black and gold for a sixth year this year as well. But, you know, that argument just, just doesn't quite pan out as far as I'm concerned. But on the bright side, you know, the Hawkeyes 2023 recruiting class, they secured 21 commitments and some preferred walk-ons as well. And there's some really good-looking prospects on that list. Also, Cade McNamara, the Michigan quarterback, and his tight end from Michigan, Eric All, signed. They're going to be Hawkeyes next year. So that right away is exciting, you know, about that Hawkeyes offense when you consider Cade at quarterback. And All is going to be a nice compliment to Luke Lachey at tight end. Both guys should have a really big year next season. And as far as rankings, the top commit for the Hawkeyes is Trevor Locke. He's an offensive tackle from Indianapolis. I don't expect him to step in and play much next year, but he is 6'6", 290 pounds. So he's a, he's a big guy coming in. I would prefer the Hawkeyes get a seasoned player in the transfer portal, um, but he should be a really good one in the black and gold. And despite losing Proctor, the Hawkeyes had four offensive linemen in this class. Leighton Jones, a center also from Indiana. Cannon Leonard, he's an intriguing prospect at 6'9", but he's going to need to put on some weight to be able to step in at tackle for the Hawkeyes. Cade Piper, a 6'4 guard from Dowling Catholic. And the Hawkeyes got their quarterback with Marco Lainez. He's a pro-style quarterback. He's also mobile at 6'3", 225 pounds. Very accurate. He can extend plays moving around in the pocket. And so that's exciting for the future at quarterback for the Hawkeyes. And they also landed three wide receivers. Obviously, just a huge need going forward uh, to get some depth in that wide receiver room. The three commits are all 6'1 or taller. Not sure if that's just how it worked out 
or if they were looking for some bigger wide receivers. Alex Moda from just down the road, Marion, Iowa, Jarriet Bowie from Florida, and then Dayton Howard from the Kansas City area at 6'5". So really, you know, big athletic guys. Hopefully they'll pan out. And I, I still see this as just a huge need for the transfer portal, get some guys who can step right in next year and start catching passes from Cade McNamara and making explosive plays on offense. And the Hawkeyes also signed a tight end in Zach Ortwork from the St. Louis area, nice size, coming in at 6'5", 220 pounds, and you know with some really good tight ends on the roster, he should have a year to put on another 20, 25 pounds onto that frame. The Hawkeyes also secured commitments from two running backs, and there was a need this year with Gavin Williams entering the transfer portal and signing to be Hawkeyes were Terrell Washington Jr. from Texas. He's listed as an athlete. He could be used in the slot, uh, running jet sweeps, catching passes. And the other from Florida, Kamari Moulton at 5'11", 190 pounds. And with Caleb Johnson, LaShawn Williams, Jazzy and Patterson, Hopefully there isn't a need for any early contributions from those guys. I really like how this group looks, especially Caleb Johnson. Just think he is going to have a really big sophomore campaign for, for the Hawkeyes. Well, I'm going to talk about defense another time as far as 2023 signees, but I do want to mention Ontario Thompson. I expect him to get a lot of playing time next year, slide into that rotation at defensive tackle with YA Black, Logan Lee, uh, you know Noah Shannon, graduated and at 6'2", 295 pounds, I can I just see Thompson stepping right in there. He is a beast and, and, and playing a lot of snaps. So that's good for the depth on that defensive line. He's the main guy I expect to, to step in on defense right away. But there are some really intriguing signees. And with Justin Jacobs hitting the portal and going to Oregon, I'd like to see the Hawkeyes try to hit the portal for a proven linebacker for next season to go alongside Jay Higgins. Um, I think the Hawkeyes were on a guy, but I think he, he ended up signing with Michigan. So there are a ton of guys on the roster at linebacker. I just haven't seen him play other than maybe some special teams, you know, with, with Justin Jacobs out, uh, Jack Campbell, Seth Benson, both graduating. That's just a bunch of snaps at linebacker. So you got Jay Higgins. Who else is going to step up? Kelby Tlander, Justice Sullivan, Jaden Montgomery. Kyler Fisher, Jaden Harrell, there's a bunch of guys, just not a whole lot of experience. So we'll be interesting to see if the Hawkeyes are able to, to secure a player from the portal or if they're going to keep grooming those guys and, and have one of them, a couple of them, step in at linebacker next year. Well, that's it for today. I'll get into the defense on a future episode. I'm going to look at the Music City Bowl a little bit, probably have a short preview, just not sure with so many players out for that game. But I'm excited to see what Joey Labus can do at quarterback his mobility, his athleticism. I'm always excited to watch Iowa football. And you know, I'm glad it's not the same recipe on offense that the Hawkeyes have had all season. You know, a different quarterback that has some different strengths out there. It's just really going to be interesting to see what he can do and see what some of those young wide receivers can do as well. Um, really young crew, uh, with some of the guys transferring and and guys that haven't played a ton. So Hopefully they can step in and, and do a nice job. And then Caleb Johnson, man, he's had quite a freshman campaign and really excited about him. And, and I can see him having a big bowl game as well. Well, again, everybody, try to stay warm. Be safe over the holidays. Merry Christmas to you and yours. 
and go Hawks.